Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How you doing? How's it going? Oh, you know, I had a classic COVID scare this week. Mm, love those. May still be in the throes of it. Who really knows? <laughs> Basically, okay, I had a very upset stomach, to put it delicately, on uh, one of the days this week. Who knows what fucking day it is. <laughs> and basically, I was just like, oh, no, this is it. Because they don't they don't tell you about uh, the, the stomach symptoms of COVID. That's that's not one of the, the billboard banner symptoms. Right. Which then, of course, makes you think it's probably a super rare case. Right. I, I am the one person. It. Yeah. <laughs> who will go in history books as the one person who had this side effect. Right. It turns out I'm pretty sure the culprit was just a suspicious bean salad that I had for lunch <laughs> that day. <laughs> I ordered from a new restaurant the night before. It came with a side of bean salad. I saved it for lunch the next day, mixed it in with the scramble. I was getting very chefy. I was like, oh, I usually have egg and spinach and quinoa. Uh, why don't I why don't I mix in some of some of this mist? bean salad wow and then yeah uh, uh, hours of agony <laughs> it might have been food but i've never had food poisoning before so i i don't really know what that feels like but mm-hmm. it quite possibly felt like what i experienced how was your week oh you know i'm i'm bravely trying out headbands i feel like i go through this phase every like five years where i'm like am i a headband girl now and the answer is <laughs> almost always no but i decided to really go for it today um I love so that's it. where i'm at. oh my god thank you so much if one person says they don't like it i will stop <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's how I feel always about yeah, anything. Exactly. It's how I make my life choices. I feel like it's because like the more maskne I get, the more I need to like appreciate <laughs> my my forehead, you know? Right. Draw attention away from the mouth pimples and <laughs> yes. up to the massive forehead. Exactly. When I had yeah. bangs, it was very much the opposite. And I'm just in the in the ebbs and flows of life and acne. Yeah. Anyway, we do have a fun episode today. As always, we'll kick things off with Worst Things First, where I chat about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we are diving deep into the worst animals. Okay, it's been a heavy news week. I feel like we we could take a break and have a dumbass deep dive about some animals that I'm sick of. Okay, I don't want to see these animals ever in, in my life, on my computer, on my telephone. I don't want to hear from them ever again. And <laughs> yeah, I might make some enemies. That's fine. I'm, I'm prepared for it. And finally, we've got actor, writer, filmmaker, podcaster, stand-up comedian, Danny Jollis on the pod. You might recognize Danny as George on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He's got a, a brand new comedy special, an album out right now. We'll talk about all that and so much more. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, worst things first, let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, a tiny porcelain bowl that was bought at a yard sale in Connecticut for just $35 was auctioned off last week for over $700,000. My God, I chip so many bowls. I like (laughs) I can't handle that. Just imagine having something in your home that you didn't realize was 600 years old. That's how old this bowl was that they sold. The bowl is one of only seven such bowls known to exist in the world. It's a 15th century porcelain bowl made in China. And yeah, this this like antiques enthusiast was just at a yard sale outside of New Haven And they were like, hey, this bowl looks interesting and different. And they bought it for $35. And now, a year later, it sold at auction for $700,000. Talk about a goddamn profit. It's just nothing in my apartment is older than like three years. (laughs) I know that if I had bought that at the yard sale, it would have been shattered the next day on accident. (laughs) I mean, I would hope at least that this bowl was being like displayed in a place of prominence. But I probably not considering it sold for $35. But yeah, I'm like, imagine like you're just eating like cinnamon toast crunch out of the 600 year old (laughs) bowl. I also can't imagine being the person that sold this at their yard sale and is now watching all of this happen being like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) The night of the yard sale, they were like, yeah, we sold that fucking bowl to some idiot for $35. And now it's like, bam, turns out it's worth half a million at least. But this is one of those crazy scenarios where it's like, yeah, it's not only is this like a family heirloom, it's 600 years old. (laughs) That is insane to me. It's also, yeah, just the idea that like anything could make it that long without shattering. Yeah. Without anybody knowing that it was this like precious thing to be taken care of. That's right. Maybe everybody in museums needs to like chill out. Because it's like, okay, well, this bowl was just out in the wild for 600 years, and it's fine. (laughs) 
So preservation can... isn't that big of a deal. <laughs> Next, elsewhere in New England, a nearly 1,600 pound steer has been roaming the streets of Rhode Island for over a month after escaping a nearby slaughterhouse. And police are just like, what are you going to do? What do you want us to do? He's out there. Good for him. Fred the goat. He's got a new accomplice. Police said in a Facebook post, because that's how police deliver information, I guess, now. Right. That they've been keeping, quote, loose track of the steer's whereabouts. But they can't chase it, so their goal is just to keep it contained to wooded areas where it can't endanger any drivers or itself. What does loose track mean? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we kind of know where it's at. Don't worry about it. Okay. Rhode Island is only like one block. <laughs> I don't understand how it's so difficult to just kind of. I also don't understand. I mean, listen, I'm all for this cow going on the lamb. Like live your life free. You got out. But you know what? If he went through the effort of escaping the, the slaughterhouse, let him live. Mm -hmm. And I guess that is their attitude. But I just don't. I don't really understand the logic of them being like, yeah, we just can't catch it. <laughs> They're just so fast. As we have learned on a previous unhappy hour, they are pretty slow. I thought their fastest was like 25 miles per hour and it's like five. <laughs> so someone took a picture of it recently. It was on a residential street and police wrote, we have been actively tracking and monitoring the cow since its great escape. Um, <laughs> But they they did they are urging anyone who sees it to alert police and not attempt to corral it themselves, or just keep your fucking mouth shut. Okay, you gonna rat him out? Let him roam. He's not hurting anybody. And finally, might be my favorite story of the week: an assistant principal at an elementary school in Florida. Only in Florida. <laughs> By the way, what is an assistant principal's job even? <laughs> I barely know what a principal does. But the assistant principal is like, are you only there in case the principal dies? I have no idea. My high school, I didn't know who my principal was all four years. Also, my high school had a weird thing where like each grade had its own principal. What? Kind of. Yeah, because our school is really big and I don't really understand how it worked. But really, the only like principal memory that I have is from elementary school when it was your birthday, you got to go to the principal's office and throw a ball into a basketball hoop. One of the like little Nerf ones that are on like on the back of his door. Mm -hmm. And if you get it in, you get a candy. And I didn't make it, but I was like, well, it's my birthday. He's clearly going to give me candy anyway. <laughs> and he didn't. Good. So for my birthday, I got to go to the principal's office and be bad at sports and then leave. I mean, yeah, I actually think that that was the right decision. <laughs> you don't get rewarded for missing. I don't care if it's your birthday. Uh, but if that's what the principal does, then like, what the fuck was the assistant principal doing? Yeah. I still have no idea. Like that used to be such a thing. I assume it still is where it's like the fear that is imposed on everybody of like having to go to the principal's office. Who the fuck is the principal? No, what, what authority do they have? Why this person barely knows me? Why are they getting to discipline everybody? You're a suit. Okay. Wow. Your job is to sign the bottom of documents all day. Anyway, this assistant principal of an elementary school She's accused of accessing the school district's internal system 
to cast fraudulent votes for her daughter who was elected homecoming queen at her high school. <laughs> Shiro, Shiro. <laughs> wow. This immediately guarantee was optioned into being a movie and will be on Netflix in like four months. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, last week police arrested the woman and her 17 year old daughter on multiple charges stemming from this. The daughter I, too? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they both got arrested. I think initially I was like, that's funny. And then I got to the part where they got arrested. And I was like, oh, shit. I don't really know what laws they broke. But I mean, I guess it sounds Enough. pretty illegal. Um, yeah, according to a news release, the investigation began in November when the school district reported unauthorized access into hundreds of student accounts also, what is happening? Because, like, we voted for homecoming on a slip of paper that you put into, like, a piggy bank. <laughs> <laughs> yes, much more susceptible, probably, to, to tampering. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what they were warning about. Yep. So, yeah, investigators found that in October, hundreds of votes for the school's homecoming court were flagged as fraudulent. Um, there were 117 votes from the same IP address within a short period of time. And... That's when investigators found evidence of unauthorized access to the system linked to the assistant principal's cell phone and computers at their home. There were 246 votes cast for the homecoming court from just those devices. I have a lot of questions. One, we talk about Florida crimes quite a lot. And so the fact that there are a lot of crimes happening there makes me question why this one became a priority for the cops. Because two, at what point and who was it who was like, I think that there's voting fraud happening in this homecoming school dance like competition. We must call the cops. Like, at what point do you call the cops in, during this crime? When do you elevate it to that level? I guess it's like a privacy thing, right? Like, Yeah, they are it seemed like the bigger thing was the fact that she had to access student accounts mm. in order to do this. And it was like unauthorized access to their accounts. So this is a case of like, if it had just been a like, write your name on a piece of paper and put it in this bowl and we'll count them. And she had uh, tampered with it there. It probably wouldn't be a crime. She could have gotten away with yeah, it. This is why technology has to be stopped. Okay. <laughs> we peaked in like 1997. <laughs> um, yeah. Multiple students told investigators that the daughter described using her mother's system access or watching her mother access records for years. <laughs> so the girl was at school being like, yeah, I log on to my mom's account all the time. <laughs> and I look at everybody's shit. Um, so yeah, each of them are charged with offenses against users of computers. That is very broad. Uh, <laughs> computer systems, computer networks, and electronic devices, unlawful use of a two-way communications device, criminal use of personally identifiable information, and conspiracy to commit those offenses. The criminal use of personally identifiable information seems perhaps the biggest one. Because, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. offenses against users of computers, everybody does that every day. <laughs> I log on and do that every day. Your whole Twitter is an offense to all people. <laughs> <laughs> use computers. Um, the woman has been suspended from her job and the daughter has been expelled. Damn. It feels like suspension, maybe not enough. If you get arrested for breaking into your school's computer system, you might want to fire that person. <laughs> <laughs> but not trying to tell Florida how to do their job. 
Anyway, shout out to the Ashiros. Uh, you tried it, but you got caught. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. If you want to hear and see even more stories that were brutally cut from this week's episode, because all of my babies are precious to me. All of these stories are precious. But then the editors get in there and they cut them all out. Snip, snip, snip. But you can hear uh, all of those bonus stories on Patreon. Head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash for all that and more. Next, we are diving deep into animals that I hate. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right. Well, we're obviously big fans of animals here on Unhappy Hour, or at least when animals do crazy shit. Hell yeah. Because let's be real. The only animal that I actually kind of tolerate in real life is Putty. (laughs) That might be the nicest thing you've ever said about him. But I am a certified animal expert, just in case you you forgot, because when I worked at the now defunct website, BuzzFeed.com, before I became a drunk clown, my actual title was senior animals editor. I was a, in 2006, I believe, mm-hmm. an insect identifying champion yeah. at the South Suburban Science Invitational. <laughs> Capital E expert. Yeah, I'm an animal expert. I just don't want anybody to forget that I do have a degree in judging animals. That's what I'm saying. And even though we often celebrate crazy animals on this here podcast, today I want to talk about the flip side. Animals that are the absolute worst. Hello, Extinction Police. I'd like to put up some animals for nomination, please. So let's get into it. These are my top worst Aminals. Worst! Mother fucking porcupines. No, they're so cute! <laughs> no, they're not! <laughs> I won't hear any positive thinking on porcupines on this podcast. I swear to God. Oh, no. Porcupines, they're like if someone rolled a raccoon in a bowl of flour and eggs and then just sh- shake and baked them and a bunch of knives. <laughs> They're just doing too much. Nobody needs that level of protection. <laughs> oh, that's like instead of putting on a condom, you put on a sleeve of toothpicks over your dick. Sounds amazing. And it's like, oh, okay, congrats. You're not going to get pregnant, I guess. But also now you're dead. <laughs> Porcupines are just a walking witch's curse. Okay. It just looks like an old witch put a jinx on a, a box of steel wool. Have you ever seen a porcupine walk? Yeah, they, they're like very wiggly and and like don't really yeah. know how to control their body. It just looks like they're having like a hard time carrying a Christmas tree that they just <laughs> chopped down all by themselves. And they're mad at everybody not, for not helping them. And it's like, okay, nobody asked you. To, you did that by yourself. <laughs> nobody, don't be indignant and walk around like you you are better than everybody else just because no one helped you do this thing that you didn't ask for help for. Relatedly, I would say beavers. I just, I don't trust any... I'm more on that train. Uh, any animals whose teeth are that strong. And they could definitely just like bitch slap you with that tail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, their tail that is like an oven mitt. Like, I don't understand the pattern that is on their <laughs> tail for no uh, like practical reason. 
but their teeth, I like, I can barely swish around a spoonful of ice cream in my mouth and you're out here chomping into tree trunks, building entire above ground nests out of those things. Chaotic. I also don't love when an animal is like better at something than I am where it's like, okay, we get it. You're an architect. You, you can like build a house. <laughs> I can't like, I'm sorry. There was a beaver that lived in our neighborhood, I remember. And it was like a major attraction. <laughs> like they put up signs that were like a beaver lives here. <laughs> like official, like government street signs in that like street sign, like material yeah, yeah, yeah. and print that was like beaver home. I mean, if I had seen that, I probably would have stopped on the side of the road to try and go find it. I think it was more like a warning to children to be like, don't go near here. You'll get your dick bit off by this. <laughs> Angry beaver. <laughs> Next, clams. Ugh. It still baffles me. Yeah, we're covering all of the animal kingdom, by the way. <laughs> we are going top to bottom. It just baffles me that clams are alive. Yeah. That it, I, I <laughs> like, was even just like, wait, why are they on this list of animals? Right. That's like including Cheerios on the list. <laughs> But I'm, yeah, yeah, I just, I don't understand like the, the philosophy of a clam. Like I'm just supposed <laughs> to believe that this piece of sea debris has a soul. <laughs> like this bitch has thoughts and feelings in a family. It's a rock with a tongue. <laughs> and uh, you don't even get me started on oysters. I swear to God. I guess they're just clams that give you an erection. I never really understood like aphrodisiacs. Mm. Um, which, as far as I know, are just oysters and green, green m ms Yes. <laughs> just make any sense, but it does explain why they made the green m m the most fuckable. My family loves eating clam. My, like, extended Italian family fucking loves clams. And it's just, like, I hate, I like, the idea, I know this is a popular Italian dish, is to put, like, entire clams into and my mouth my mouth is watering because i'm hungry <laughs> so i'm i my body is betraying me as i'm saying this because i'm describing a food that i don't like but i'm having like a physiological response <laughs> it's your ancestors just screaming through <laughs> yeah but like they would just you put like entire clams into pasta yeah i'm not about and it's that. like Right. I can't like chomp into this like a meatball. I have to like work on opening this as uh, as a food. I don't want to work that hard. Anyway, it's just, yeah, this is a seashell. This is beach house decoration. You're eating a toilet ornament. Anyway, next, octopi. Octopuses. Mm. Oh, it's, it's still weird. I... It, it's it's it goes without saying that it's absolutely outrageous that the plural of octopus is octopi. <laughs> but fine, whatever. I'll play their little game. Okay, I was actually a little bit afraid to put them on the list because I was I was very intentional about only choosing animals that couldn't defend themselves. Oh, good, just easy targets. Well, I just didn't want to like anger any animals that could potentially like avenge their good name and kill me in my sleep. Mm. I didn't want to pick anything that was like, okay, what if they hear this? And and then come and find me. Right. Okay. That makes but, sense. Because octopuses, you're always reading stories about them and how it's like, oh, a new octopus just solved the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. <laughs> Seven octopi just banded together and killed three security guards at a Florida aquarium. <laughs> um, okay. Maybe we shouldn't be pissing them off. It's just like octopuses are just too much of like an 
LSD trip of an animal for me. They definitely break like every barrier of understanding for me. Yeah. It's just like they don't they don't make any sense. It's too my brain cannot wrap my head around what an octopus even is. <laughs> like if you told me there was an animal that lives underwater, has eight tentacles covered in like tiny sucking mouths. Their eyes are only God only knows where. They shit out ink whenever <laughs> they're scared. They can be invisible. And also they have the intelligence of Stephen Hawking. <laughs> How much drugs did you do? <laughs> I don't trust them at all. Honestly, one of my biggest fears. I cannot, I can't really think about like a giant squid either without losing my goddamn <laughs> mind. Like if you ever want to truly drive me clinically insane, like diagnosably insane, talk to me about giant squids and I'll fucking lose it. <laughs> Next, tortoises. I'm so sick of seeing those bald, wrinkly, Prince Philip-looking motherfuckers in news stories, okay? Oh, oh, this tortoise is 700 years old. Yeah, because you don't do shit. (laughs) I could probably live to 700 if all I did was sit in the same exact spot all day. (laughs) Which I basically do anyway. You're going to live so long. It's like turtles are fine. A sea tortoise is fine. Are there even sea turtles or is it a sea turtle? I mean, there are sea turtles, so I'm going to I'm gonna go with that. But all these land tortoises, you're looking like nurse, nursing home rejects with their no lips and their beady little eyes. Oh God, I'm like offended on behalf of tortoises. You're going so hard. All tortoises are born looking like they are geriatric. Yeah, and mostly like their geriatric genitalia. I've never seen a tortoise's genitals. No, 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 no. Their whole face and neck situation That's true. looks like That's geriatric true. genitalia. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't even want to think. I've never, I've never thought about tortoise genitalia, and that is not something I want to think about. <laughs> I think the only time that there are stories about tortoises are like either this tortoise is 800 years old or this tortoise just fucked <laughs> everything that it's, it sees. And it's like, okay, I don't, I don't need to know any of these hmm. things. Next, storks. Oh, no. We're, I think this is the only... Are they even real? I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I've never seen one. Maybe I, I have. Herons, right. flamingos, you know, they're those. But but a stork? Yeah. I don't know where we went wrong as a society where we just trust these, like, monster birds to deliver our babies and sell us pickles. But, like, I <laughs> fucking can't take it anymore. Okay? Birds should not have legs that are longer than my entire body. <laughs> Evolution really was like, I'm going to create a ball of feathers that is so toxic. I hate looking at birds' knees. Mm. How do you work? I'd say knees in general. Knees on humans, knees everywhere kind of freak me out. Yeah, I hate my knees. <laughs> especially especially when like your leg is flat against the ground and then your kneecap can like move around. <laughs> even just saying that freaks me out yeah i see a lot of pictures of people who have like your iphone is able to identify your face in a picture and draw like a box around it and a lot of times people's knees will have boxes because your iphone (laughs) is like that's a face and it is because our knees are like tiny baby doll faces trapped behind their skin anyway don't trust storks no bird should have all that power next Komodo dragons? I just don't like their aura 
<laughs> I, yeah, I don't like I don't like the attention that is brought to them by like little boys. Like little boys were like obsessed with Komodo dragons, and it's like calm down. Yeah. First of all, it's not a dragon in the slightest. Okay. Mm, mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. wings. No breathing fire. Okay. <laughs> They're not hoarding escape. treasure. <laughs> if I if I kill one of them, what am I getting in return? Do you know what I mean? It's like okay, I'm not not saving a prince or anything. Yeah. Also, their spit is poisonous. So it's like I don't I don't like that at all. Where, <laughs> where you you get bit by it and it's like now you have to prepare for death all of a sudden. No, I'm way too susceptible to animal bites to be around that kind of behavior. But also, maybe they should be expanding their worldviews, Komodo dragons. Mm. You know, get out of your bubble. Everyone, you're, oh, you're only surrounding yourself with people like you, all the other Komodo lizards. Like that you're calling them lizards and not dragons. Just really twist the knife. Next, moths. Nothing should have antenna, wings, and hair, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. If you have all three, you should absolutely be put to death. Moths are a literal nightmare. You've taken the worst part of every bug, combined it into a creature that has absolutely no self-control. <laughs> okay, this thing has the energy of a meth addict. It will fly directly into an open flame if it's given the option. <laughs> and we're just okay with that living amongst us? Also, why do they just like eat your clothes? Yeah, grow up. This is not the thing that like a, a civilized people do. Just because you don't find clothes that fit your tiny little body doesn't mean you have to come into my house and destroy all of my clothes. Look, sometimes I'll see a picture of a moth and I'm like, okay, I might be able to be friends with that. And then you see like a blown up picture of it and its face looks like the actual devil. <laughs> <laughs> like I was staring. This is exactly what the Bible warned me about. <laughs> and finally possums okay i went on a tirade against possums like a couple months ago and i got a lot of people who try to tell me that apparently they're very good creatures and they they eat all the ticks or whatever and they they're actually great for the environment but have you ever seen a possum (laughs) because guess what it's seen you a possum has seen you a possum all they have to do is just look at you one glance and uh, and and you could tell they know you they instantly know you and your soul there has been something about the past year and i think being in quarantine where there are so many more videos and stories online of people befriending possums mm-hmm. amazing writer naomi fry who writes for the new yorker who we'd love to have on at some point she has a possum that just like keeps visiting her back door oh. <laughs> and she's like befriending it and then this week there was this insane video of a man just like taking strawberry jam and feeding it to a possum on a fork and i'm like what why why is this connection happening and why is it happening on such a large scale? Yeah, I don't. Also, the fact that it's like a marsupial and that it has like it has folds that other other possums mm-hmm. grow out of and feed from <laughs> is absurd. But there is I, there is an account called Possum Every Hour, which it, uh, it wow. tweets out. Um, you'll never get this. A possum. And guess how frequently? How frequent? Once once every hour. Holy fucking shit. Um, that is quite popular and I, I think has done a lot of work in kind of rehabilitating the image of the possum in popular culture. So, right. 
because I we'll think that's the, that's the part of the trend that has been uh, confusing to me is like who is behind this? It must be a possum, you know. The possum PR campaign is strong, right? Exactly. Then before you know it, we're gonna get the Pixarification of a possum. Just mm-hmm. mark my words. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get some shit from Pixar that's called like marsupi, and it's gonna be a <laughs> fucking possum with a family that dies. Oh no. And then they have to go live in the big city. Did I just write a Pixar movie? I think you did. <laughs> Patent, Turns out patented. I'm, <laughs> I'm the writer. Anyway, no, possums can absolutely eat my dick. I I mean not actually because I cherish it and um <laughs> I'm afraid of their pointy teeth. Um but all of these animals, I've had enough of them as far as I'm concerned, we can strike them away and I'll be fine with it. Um but I have no doubt that all of you will be like, "Oh, you fucking hated on my my dad was a fucking moth." Okay, <laughs> get over it and we'll all be fine. Let's just have some fucking fun for once, okay? Before you get on my asshole about it. And that's it for this week's deep dive. Next We got Danny Jealous on the pod right after this commercial break. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest who celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense thing you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully, no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. My guest complainer today is Danny Jollis, actor. You may know him as George on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Also writer, filmmaker, podcaster, comedian. His new stand-up special is available right now. As you listen to this episode, welcome Danny. Thank you. Free on YouTube. Easy. Free. I mean, it it doesn't get any better than that. Simple. I mean, if you gotta get something out there these days, you're gonna want to put that free word in front of it. That is very true. Um, Also bold for a comedian in the midst of a pandemic to be offering things for free. I don't know how you do it. Well, it's not smart. I'll tell you that. uh, (laughs) I'll tell you that the the team doesn't love it. But we we are doing it anyway. And that's the key. We're just doing it anyway. But yeah, no no one was. 
the like Instagram Twitter route where like technically it's free, but on the back end, you're just kind of collecting everybody's data. And then Mm -hmm. so years from now, you can you can sell them stuff. That's what I'm hoping to do. That's really the end goal for all of this is like, how can I turn this into how can I end up doing hashtag ads in about three years? I can right, do it. right. But we did get ahead of ourselves. I normally start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? So they asked, so they told, and I said, oh, I'm going to, I was said, I'm literally going to borrow from the, from the special because this is a rant I go on that I believe in so much and I'm not going to do it, but we will, I will leave it to discussion, but I will stand by it forever. Fireworks. Oh, okay. <laughs> there is no greater letdown on the planet to me. Mm-hmm. than fireworks and i am endlessly flabbergasted by people being impressed by them they haven't improved in 20 years there has been no significant progress in the fireworks industry in seemingly at least 20 years right and every year everybody at the finale is like wow and it's like they just shot up more of them we've seen this before <laughs> it uh-huh. is the same thing i hate them hate the fireworks I, yeah, I hate the sort of uh, like foreplay that has to go into watching fireworks where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to bring your lawn chairs and everybody's got to set up and, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to pick your right spot and make sure that nobody's in front of you, depending on how close you are to them. I know. Even though it's up in the sky, it could matter less. Everybody's jockeying for position. I mean, the only thing worse than I think seeing fireworks in person is seeing fireworks on a screen that someone has recorded because obviously that is, you know insanity there's absolutely yes. nothing there's no human Why? behavior that is worse to me the only thing worse than that actually is um this is this might sound mean <laughs> so maybe this is a tangent that i don't want to go on is when people do any kind of self-facing either video or photograph of themselves crying on Un- this is what unrelated is... to fireworks <laughs> no but i'll go with you what is that tiktok trend I do not understand it. Do you know the trend I'm talking about where it's like that sad music and they're just in their car crying and then it's just like <laughs> sad facts about th- and I'm like what I does have this not do seen that specific you? trend. I do know oh, that you- sad TikTok song and I heard it coming out of the like grocery store loudspeakers and it I, so I was like Pavlovian was like I'm sobbing right now in the middle middle of the bean aisle because it's you know that sad music has been drilled into me. I, I keep up with the Tiki Talks mm-hmm. and why why it's so upsetting. I don't understand these TikTok sad trends. Yeah, there is a weird I mean, this has existed on the internet and in in movies. I mean, it's like torture porn and and, and that kind of not tor- torture porn is maybe the the wrong word for that. I'm thinking of something else. But whenever it's like trauma <laughs> like trauma stuff or it's like sometimes you watch a movie like just to be sad. Like that is the point of the movie is to make you mm-hmm. cry. And now mm-hmm. we're just getting that condensed down. So you have to like really get the hit in there. Of yep. There was one I saw this morning. Someone posted that if you brush your dog with a wet toothbrush, it's supposed to remind them of their mother's tongue and it will make them like cry. <laughs> it, so it, it like kind of hits everything where it's 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 got like animal emotions oh my god human emotions that we're projecting onto them it just it's like what is the point of this except to make me sad oh that sounds horrible what a terrible thing and i don't know why i would do that to my dog that doesn't sound nice (laughs) 
seems like a terrible seems like we're just causing a flashback for right. no apparent it's reason. It's just you're just triggering your dog is what you're doing. Oh, terrible. Uh, oh, I would never do such a thing. They have a lot of they yeah, they have a lot of those where they're like, you can do this thing to your dog. And I'm like, oh. why would you ever? Yeah. Why? Who the does only that? thing that I would really want to learn is how to find that one spot on every dog where when you scratch it, it makes their leg go crazy. Oh, the best feeling. I, so I have a dog. She's right over. She's off screen, but I can. But she uh, she's she's great. She's got a couple of real good spots. You know, you know, every now uh-huh. and then when she's mad at me, I go, all right. Let me win you back. Yeah, I, I've, I've sort of reached that point in quarantine where I I probably am like one sad Instagram post away from adopting a dog. That is an yep. Instagram ad that would absolutely work on me. Because oh, yeah. early on last year, I, I followed a bunch of like adoption centers around New York. And now I get yeah. all of their sad posts that are like, this one-eyed dog could be yours this weekend. I had to unfollow it. It's so sad. I love dogs. And I was like, I can't. And then when my girlfriend, when we wanted to get a dog, she, she's like, let's go to like a shelter just to look. Oh yeah. That and never I was like, works. Please don't make me do that. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, I, I can be a little uh, reserved emotionally. Uh-huh. So I was like, please don't make me do that. And she's like, why? She's like, it's just, we'll just go look. We're not adopting. Like, I'm not going to do that. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I don't like that. And then we went in and I started crying immediately <laughs> it was like her first time seeing me cry and she was like and it was like nothing i mean the lady was like so these are dogs and i was like oh, Jesus. right right and my <laughs> it was like so stunning to her we like left she's like okay i'm never doing that to you again i'm so sorry i was like i tried to tell you i cannot be around these dogs i don't like it yeah that's what happens when you're reserved it's like you're you're a kink toes all the time and then you walk in somewhere and it's just like you undo the hose and i know i have such weird little everywhere. things that trigger me I have such a weird, like, sports gets me in a mm-hmm. way, get that very emotional, and I'm like, what? what is this? What what, what therapist would tear this apart? <laughs> that I was going to ask about because I know, uh, you know, you're, you're a big sports guy. I don't know anything about sports, and yet, totally okay. you know, I do think there, I'm not the first person to have this thought, but there have been comparisons between, like, housewi- the housewives, the real housewives, and sports. It's just storytelling. It's just, like, getting you to care about these people and their little feuds, and, you know, mm-hmm. this one doesn't like this one, and this one's better at this. It's all the same. It's all the same, and it's, it, it's oh, yeah. Oh, there's tons. There's such juicy gossip in the sports world. Mm-hmm. such good gossip all the time everybody it's there's yeah it's like literally this is literally what my podcast is is i just like talk about the stories around sports right because i'm like there's so much interesting stuff and so many like incredible I, i've said there's this woman maya moore who nobody knows outside the sports world she's the greatest story in the world right now and nobody talks about her to, to do it real fast wnba star uh-huh number best player in the in the world this this girl absolutely incredible and at 20 but she's super into um helping people get out of jail who are wrongfully accused convicted Mm -hmm. specifically this one guy who she becomes just as like this guy shouldn't be in jail he clearly didn't commit the crime shouldn't be in jail gotta get him out she quits basketball she's like i'm gonna turn away millions of dollars because we need to get this guy out out of jail spends two years working on it and just got him out of jail and then a week later, they're like, and now we're getting married. <laughs> and she gave up her entire career for this guy. And now she might come back. And I'm like, 
is this not the most inspiring thing that anyone, why is this not the only story we talk about? This is incredible. That is, that is TLC. That is housewife. That is, you know, that's reality. It sucked me right in. I'm like, ah, to get you, she gave it all up and then it's worked. Unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I feel about like, you know, the, I feel like the the big sporting event that I and all a lot of other non-sports people get into are, are the Olympics because it's once every four years you get a strong mm-hmm. hit of it and then you you can wait another four years or two years. Yep. And you get a built-in team, which helps a lot. Cause, right, right. Because so many people who don't watch sports, I'm like, oh, you need a team. If you're just watching sports, it's very hard. You got to have like, you know, I have my teams. And so with the Olympics, it's easy because it's like, okay, well, you know what team you're supposed to root for. So, right, you, so now right. you're in on the team. It's great. And and now I'm also obsessed with the Olympics uh, sexual like thing is crazy. People don't know about this. <laughs> so every, like where they send like metric tons of condoms to the Olympic village. Every Olympian is there because they're in this village together. And it's just supposedly a giant sex party of the hottest people in the world. Right. It's supposed to be incredible. Ugh, I have a friend going this year and I'm like, you got to tell me. I think COVID's going to ruin it. So it won't be like it normally is. But I was like, you right, got to right. tell me what it's like. I'm so curious. I am curious only because I, I feel like the stereotype is always like you um, before a sporting event or like before a match, like to keep your head clear, you don't have you abstain. Yes. So do they like wait until it's all over and then it's like a, a like finale orgy or is that a kind of a, a myth and they're I just fucking no, all the time? I think it's literally matters the athlete because there got to be because it sounds like it's just going on all the time. So there's got to be some doing it pre-event, which is insane. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's a solid chunk, which is a lot of the people there, they compete like one time and they're out. You know, it's like, true, you know. And they and they know like you qualify for the Olympics. It's an honor. But, you know, going there like, you know, I, I remember I knew one person who went there for swimming and they were just like, I ain't winning. Right. Like, right. <laughs> I know his time. I know my time. I ain't winning. <laughs> I'm going to do OK. I qualified. It's an honor. I get to say Olympian for the rest of my life. This is amazing. I ain't winning. Uh-huh. So they were there basically to have fun. Right. Who is this so, the same person who's going this year? Is no, like different no people. I, I collect my little Olympians. <laughs> <laughs> what sport are they playing? My, my friend is on the Team Israel baseball team. I see. Okay. Which yeah. which I think is going to be a, you know, that and so you think about baseball, you're like, ah, oh, he might not even have to play too much. He should be free, but he has a girlfriend. He's actually like an amazing guy. So I don't think he's going to be too great for the gossip, which is a real bummer. <sighs> disappointing i know. I mean yeah he, he just has to go to the orgy he doesn't have to participate you know that's what you i could... told him. i'm trying to talk him into it but he seems to have morals <laughs> and i'm like what are we doing here Ugh, i know i love how open you are to sports because there's a lot of negativity towards sports these days and i get very I, I spend a lot of time defending it right well i mean i don't want to i don't want to like paint the wrong picture of myself as someone who's <laughs> is somehow supportive of sports <laughs> well but you're you but know. you're open to it you, you buy sure, it in. sure 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 you're giving me a little, and that's all I ask for. Okay, right, right. In, I would in this say world. I'm more than anything. I'm a people pleaser, and so oh, well, okay. you know, this is the face I chose to put on for you. Is what I'm saying. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> the second you hit exit out of the Zoom, I'm shit talking all sports. Oh, sure. That's more than fair. I get yeah. it. I mean, I'm also a weird guy where I'm like, I love sports, also love musical theater. You know, it's just all it all builds this weird Danny <laughs> that I am. It's a bunch right. of weird likes and interests that everybody's like, ah, you wouldn't think those go well together. And I'm like, yeah, they do. 
I think you have good kind of pandemic insurance in that way, because if one thing is is down, you know, you have other things that you can distract yourself with. I want to say I've picked up 32 hobbies in the past year. What are some of them? So we got the piano. We got the piano to my left. We started that. We tried to learn Hebrew for a while. That was a good uh-huh. one. Played Magic the Gathering online. Played Hearthstone online. Poker. Got really into online poker for a hot second. Got really mm-hmm. into daily fantasy sports for a hot second. We've got into running. We've got, I mean, we've done 15 different exercise regiments. Goes without saying. Including one I got very into. Uh, and then promptly was like, this is insane. I'm curious what the what the exercise regimen was that what that was most exciting. The one that was most exciting was I was training with this guy, this guy, Eric the trainer, was uh-huh. doing free zooms. He he's is got it built right into his name. Let me he tell you. He knows something. what he's selling. Oh, he knows what he's selling. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'll say about the uh exercise world, which they don't tell you when you enter. The amount of positivity coming out of that world is astonishing and mm-hmm. overwhelming. Every day he's like, you can do it. And it's like when you're in, you're like, I can do it. Like they are, they're they, like, they are so nice. And they all, it was like this, it would be the zoom of these jacked humans and me. Mm-hmm. And they all would be like, literally like message you being like, you're doing so good. And I'm like, what is this? What is this positivity? It's in, it's engulfed. He would, so I'd work out with him every single day and he had all, he has puppets that he talks to you with when you're doing them. I mean, I'll tell you, you can't, you cannot stress how weird this was. He has puppets. This is, I mean, now I'm seeing the connection here because this is, it's not just fitness. It's also theater. Oh, he puts on a show. He's got these puppets. Yeah. They have characters. They have bits. It's great. I cannot recommend Eric the trainer enough if you're trying to get in shape. He is <laughs> awesome. He's a great guy, and uh, but he's got these puppets things. Ah, oh, that was that was a wild one, and I'm still I still like get sucked. I wanted I was so healthy during that period. Yeah, I mean that is the thing that they say about training is like you know you it, it should be something you want to do. I, I mean I just have never, as someone who has gotten into working out, I just it's like never fun. There's no good part of it. I just I force myself to do it, and then. Hope I feel better afterwards. You got to get on Eric the trainer. Uh, yeah. you, you're going to have yourself a good time. You're going to At love least it. Some, some puppet action. That's oh, all I'm asking for. He's going to give you some puppet action. He's got it all going on. I love the guy. <laughs> I love him. One of my favorite people that I've met during quarantine who now I feel like I've let down because I've fallen off. Right. Like, yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask just like in general how your quarantine has, has been over the past year. But I feel like <laughs> we got it. We got that glimpse of it. Well, it's, yeah, because I was going to say, like, I I would say that I lost my mind early Mm -hmm. because stand-up was, like, my life. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you do that every night when you're a stand-up. So it was like, that was my nightly activity. I saw so many people on a daily basis, so it was, like, such a shift. Now that we're into it, um, it's been good. You know, I'm in a one-bedroom with my uh, now fiancé, and so uh, we are toy. I (laughs) imagine that you must be, yeah. It's toy i was listening to a i was listening to an episode of this the day because i was like i want to you know i like i like knowing a little bit the Mm -hmm, feel mm -hmm. and uh the rant i heard you go on was how people in relationships are way worse off than people who are (laughs) alone and i was like i literally was like in the shower like "Mm -hmm, yeah (laughs) yeah it's tough in here i was was like 
That was mostly yep. me making myself feel better for um, being quarantined alone. But, but you're I not wrong. I do genuinely imagine that it is not easy. And it's and literally my, and by the way, my fiance just texted me horrible. So <laughs> she's hearing everything I'm saying. She's not pleased that I just said that. <laughs> but this is what I, it's like in a one bedroom. We are. Everyone can hear everything. Yeah. Everything. Everything. And I forget that she's listening in, but there she is spying on me. Right. I I think I've gotten so kind of used to being by myself, um, you know, because I was single before quarantine. And now, you know, this has been sort of like being single on steroids uh, sure. for the past year. And so now it's like almost difficult to even put myself in the headspace of someone who who is living with it. I, like, I just can't even imagine what that it's, is it's, like. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, there's so many, like, there's so many highs. And there's mm-hmm. so many, like, you know, because the truth is, and we get along, you know, in normal life, we got along well 99% of the time. And the 1% we didn't get along, we would just, like, you know, separate for a hot sec, come back to it. The issue is, is, like, now when we have those 1% fights, it's, like, I guess we're just trapped in here, angry at each other. And Uh now it's just going to be that all day. Just little two angry people walking back and forth by each other. You can only go for so many walks. Right, right. And I mean, at least you can. I I think that is part of why I've gone a little bit insane lately. Mm Because I think I did well in the beginning, like, uh, of the pandemic. And it's been the last couple of months that I'm like, Okay, I'm about to lose my goddamn mind. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's been cold here in New York. And like, I think I went for a lot of walks and stuff in the beginning. And now that it's like so cold and snowy, I'm literally trapped. I mean, yeah. Cause I, I went to New York for three months last year mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Cause I, cause you guys were doing way more outdoor stuff than LA. Right, so, right. I, so I came out to do shows. And New York was incredible during that period like it was really it was great yeah new york did have a, a bit of like a uh renaissance summer where it was amazing was like we had a dark spring and mm-hmm. now everyone's gonna you know fuck outdoors for all of the summer it and was then, great <laughs> it was so great yeah. and then it got cold and i was like i'm out of here i can't do this yeah. cold anymore <laughs> uh how was doing outdoor shows it seems like a nightmare to me well, so the one thing I'll say that I truly hate about them is that the laughs go just into the sky. So right. it just never feels like you're killing. Outside of that, I think that I love weird spaces, like the literally the special that it is for free on YouTube. Uh, I do in six different venues. So I do like a gym, a surf shop, all these places. And the reason is because like I love that. I think it's so fun to do stand-up in weird environments. So you mm-hmm. do these shows like out on a rooftop in all these places. And it was like, it was weird, but there's also this collective, like we're doing something weird. So the crowd's like really, like it feels like a team. It feels like we're a real team doing shows. I loved it. I love outdoor. I love weird outdoor shit. Uh, it was fun to, to watch uh, your special. I saw it um, early pre pre free on YouTube. Wow. And, uh, but now everybody who's listening will, will be able to watch it free on YouTube. What is it about those different places that makes you like, I want to not only tell jokes here, but film it and put it out? (laughs) I mean, first off, it is like wild 
because I did it obviously pre-pandemic. Um, right. I so I did it with a company called Don't Tell Comedy. That's their whole model is they do shows outside of comedy clubs, basically any space can be a show. And that is true of comedy. And it's like my favorite thing about stand up is every show is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And so we just I was just like, it'll look different. It'll feel different. It's like I, I just thought it would. I mean, it was one of these things where honestly, like we were filming it being like, is this the dumbest idea <laughs> for a spe- You know, <laughs> it's literally every single person to be like a surf shop. Why? And be like, I don't have a good reason. But I think it just looks cool. And I think every, because it's, you know, six different venues, in my opinion, I think the special really, like, there's six very different feels mm-hmm. of each section. And I love that. And that's the coolest thing about stand up is we do every imaginable type of space. I love And so I just thought, and I, also, I thought it was just true also to who I am as a comic. I do a lot of weird spaces. I like that stuff. I've always been attracted to it. So I was like, let's. Let's do it. Let's let's use it. I like this thing. Yeah. I do think it's that thing where it's like if you can make people laugh there, you can make them laugh anywhere kind of deal where it's like, you know. Yeah. I like to give myself a <laughs> for my first special. I was like, let's really make this hard. Let's make sure to make sure. this as tricky. <laughs> make sure to make this as tricky as we can. But also, you know, my career has been highs and lows. And so uh, I've done some pretty atro- like atrocious gigs and so mm-hmm. i'm also very like it speaks to who i am that i i've done some real wild ones right you know <laughs> where can people uh find you in your work okay so i got two plugs yes let's Ready? do it uh all right so the first one is uh truly from the bottom of my heart like this special means so much to me we're putting it out on youtube because literally against any advice i was given because i just think i just want people to see it i don't care about anything else Please go check it out. Six parts. Danny Jollis. It's free, easy. I promise you'll like it. Uh, and if and if you share it also, it means the world. That's it. Just go check it out. And then follow me on social media. Sure. Thing number two. Stand-up comedy. Uh, to use a sports analogy, is like hockey. Mm-hmm. It's fun on TV. It is so much better in real life. Mm-hmm. Please don't worry about me. Just go find. There's an outdoor show near you right now. Go watch live stand-up comedy. You'll have the best time. People do not realize how fun it is because they don't actually go see it live. Go see live stand-up comedy. You'll have a great time. Hard second. I agree. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And yeah, everybody go uh, check out Six Parts on YouTube. Please. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier. Start with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. Barry, what are we highlighting this week? So this week, I wanted to talk about something that we've brought up on the podcast before. We've talked about the rise in violence and hate crimes against Asian Americans in the past year. But when something like last week's horrible shooting in Georgia happens, in addition to the grief and anger, I don't know about you, but like, I know I felt pretty helpless about it, which is common. So I wanted to point to an organization and an action to help support our Asian American and Pacific Islander communities. But first, some more context in case you're not reading up on this. I just want to point out that these attacks aren't just rooted in racism and sexism. There's a lot of nuance here. It's also classism. And the model minority myth that makes people think that Asian Americans are just doing fine and that are they're some of the highest earners in the U.S. is not mm-hmm. true. In fact, Asian Americans are not a monolith. 
Poverty amongst Asian Americans is high and often ignored, and it's part of what left these women who were murdered unprotected. So an organization that I want to highlight that is aiming to protect Asian and migrant sex workers is the grassroots collective Red Canary Song. There are over 9,000 spas and businesses across the country, like the businesses in Georgia who are targeted, that have no political representation or access to labor rights or collective organizing. And we need to support sex workers. And Red Canary Song is doing just that. So you can donate and or volunteer with them via the link in our show notes. And the action that I want to talk about is signing up for free bystander intervention training through Hollaback, which is another organization I'm very excited about this. I signed up. They are partnering with Asian Americans Advancing Justice to host bystander intervention training specifically to stop anti-Asian American harassment and xenophobia. So the session I signed up for is in April. They're going pretty fast. So if by the time you're hearing this, you want to go and sign up and it's already filled, check back with them because they also have their general trainings, which helps in situations where you witness street harassment. So what I think is really important about this action is like, If you're on the street and you witness some form of street harassment, whether it has to do with xenophobia or sexual harassment or anything, and you're standing there and you're just like, I don't know what to do, because a lot of times these forms of harassment and violence, there are people around and those people just don't know what to do. And so they continue on with their day. And this is a chance to actually learn what to do and how to help prevent these types of things and intervene. So Check out Red Canary Song and iHollaback.org. We'll have both of those links in our show notes. And uh, yeah, so that's what we want to talk about this week. Yeah, good suggestions. Definitely a, a, a heavy week, especially for Asian American, Pacific Islander, bull and listeners. So I hope everybody is taking care of themselves. And if you can, try signing up for some of these things to uh, help make the world better. So we... Don't have weeks like this. Um, It's always weird. It's always a weird transition. Yeah, it is. It is. That's what chasers are all about. It's about finding the good in the week. Right. Uh, Especially when most of these weeks have been shitty. Well, on that note, what TV are you watching this week? So I have like two shows, but they're connected because they're both by and about John Lurie, who is a jazz musician and actor. He was like very popular in the 90s. Um, He has a show on HBO called Painting with John, where it's just like, it's like a 20 minute show. It's very like avant-garde. I I think that's the right (laughs) word to use for it. Um, But it's like just showing him painting, but then he's also talking to you and like, it's really calming and like enjoyable um, and weird. And then the reason that show exists is because in the 90s, he had a show called Fishing with John, Mm -hmm. where he went fishing on these like insane trips with very famous 90s people. So it's like Matt Dillon, Jim Jarmusch and Willem Dafoe, which was the most recent episode that I watched that I really loved. Um, And it's a bizarre, weird show that's like a mix of like nature documentary and like just weird scripting narrator voiceover and fishing with John. You can watch on the criterion channel. That's how we're watching it. And they're just two strange, strange worlds that John Lurie brings you into that, uh, that I've been enjoying. So it's a little, it's a little odd. I don't, I don't know how many (laughs) listeners would actually enjoy these shows, but I enjoy them and they've been very calming for me. So that's what I've been watching. Got it. (laughs) <laughs> what about you? Um, I mean, I would say my show uh, that I'm about to say is in that same realm of equally weird 
but it's called the Great Pottery Throwdown. <laughs> have you heard of this? <laughs> I haven't, but I love the scene in Ghost where she's throwing clay. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, I had no idea that when you're spinning a pot mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. the spinny thing, it's called throwing a pot. On the wheel. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the Great Pottery Throwdown. I think the third season just finished this last week. So a lot of British people were, were tweeting about it. And I was like, fine. It's on HBO Max, and it is, I think, by the same producers of Bake Off. It's okay. the same exact format. It's it's the same show, <laughs> but with pottery <laughs> instead of baking. Everybody knows I'm a hardcore Great British Bake Off fan. And initially, I was like, all right, how accessible is like pottery going to be? Or is this just going to be a bunch of like art freaks that we're watching? <laughs> And it is a little bit of that initially, but then by a few episodes in, I was like, okay, I'm like fully invested in the world of pottery. (laughs) (laughs) I'm appreciating all of the items around my house now that I have never thought about like someone was sitting at a wheel and making this. Oh, the best part is that one of the judges, he is what I think of as the human version of Shrek when he gets turned into a human. Like that's what he both looks like and embodies. Wow. And wow. he cries in every episode. <laughs> he is brought wow. to tears by someone's pots. I need to watch the show. I when am it first in. happened in the first episode, I was like, is this man crying right now over this person's <laughs> pottery? <laughs> and then I realized it happens in every episode where this man is like so moved by this process. <laughs> love this. Um, I love it. It is truly like the perfect television, I feel like, for right now, where it is both calming, <laughs> heartwarming. You don't have to use your brain because you're really just right. watching someone touch clay. What's your non-TV chaser? just want to give a big old shout out to Pickles. Um, I love Pickles <laughs> and okay. I have since I was a kid, but I never think to buy them and just like have them mm-hmm. as a snack. And now I do. And I find that I'm just craving vinegar all the time now. <laughs> And um, it's especially great to eat a pickle while dancing to an album that I've been obsessed with that I played for you this past weekend, which Uh is called Super Monster. It's by Claude. They are an artist who is on Phoebe Bridger's new record label. I haven't talked about Phoebe Bridger's on the pod because... It'll be too much. <laughs> I have to scale myself back. But people should know that I'm obsessed with her and obsessed with her music. And to try and transition out of listening obsessively, I, I've moved on to Claude um, and added their album to my rotation. And it's like very poppy, but like gentle pop. And it just like you just want to like bop around to it all day. Um, so it really does bring me joy. So Pickles and Claude's album, Super Monster, are my non-TV chasers this week. What about you? Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Mine, I can already feel everyone's eyes rolling. I mean, I already just talked about Pickles, so. (laughs) Right, right. So for the four people who are still listening, (laughs) (laughs) mine is bread making. I have officially made it to this part of my baking journey where I'm going all in on bread. Yes. I mean, it was like beginner bakers were making banana bread Mm -hmm. in quarantine season one and (laughs) advanced bakers were making like sourdough Mm -hmm. and I've officially made it to the sourdough stage. Got it. So I started making a sourdough starter 
I'd always heard people use this word, but I never really knew what it meant. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just several days of you mixing flour and water together in a jug or jar. I know people who have sourdough starters from like their grandma when they were children. Right. It's insane. But mine will have its own history now of being started in this shithole. I'm excited about that and um, fattening myself up by getting into bread. Great choice of hobby, bread making. I'm all for it. But I'm really just aspiring to my ultimate life form which is background character in beauty and the beast <laughs> so someone that bell is judging for living their life yeah in a mediocre fashion that's all i want i love it and that's it for this week's episode so thank you for listening to unhappy hour if you want even more unhappy hour shit head straight to my patreon page you'll get video of bonus worst things first stories cut from this week's episode video of our extended guest complainer interviews a bunch of other fun stuff obviously head to apple podcast spotify radio.com wherever you get your podcasts hit that subscribe button and then rate us and review us but only if it's nice i don't want to hear your shit okay unhappy hour is a production of pineapple street studios it's produced by barry finkel melissa slaughter yinka rickford Engwin, and me matt belisai special thanks to jenna weiss berman and max linsky our music is by hans dale sue you can bother barry at finkelberry pie you can worship me at matt belisai and you can follow Un happy hour pod on twitter for all the latest podcast buzz you can leave a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT that's 601-600-7268 and that's it that's everything thank you for listening see you next week uh bye-bye true to your heart you must be true to your heart Mm-hmm. Beautiful.